Welcome to Chase Oaks Church. We are so glad that you have joined us this weekend. Uh, We are continuing a series called On Your Mark. And it's this idea that you and I have been given a race to run in this life. And I love how Jeff put it last week. He said, uh, you are not here on accident. You are not random. You've been given a unique calling by God. And I hope and pray that in this series, perhaps, maybe for the first time in your life, you actually discover the lane, the race that God has marked out for you. Uh, I ran track in high school for approximately one week. Okay, uh, What happened was uh, I, I went to practice and my coach deemed that I would be good at two events. High jump. Um, I went to go high jump and I hit the bar and landed on my tailbone. I said, we're not doing this anymore. So then he said, let's move on to the next thing. And it was hurdles. And I was decent at hurdles. And then Saturday, the meet comes. And, you know, you're kind of lining up behind different people. And then they run and do their hurdles. And then they, then the next group goes. I was about the third group. And uh, the second group, the person in front of me in my lane, well, they uh, they went to go run over hurdle. And, well, they ran into it and tumbled down the track. And I thought to myself, I don't want history to repeat itself. Therefore, I will live through this race. This is my race to run. And therefore, I decided not to run the hurdles the way that hurdles are supposed to be run, which is one foot over. Then you bring that other one across. Okay, that's how you do a hurdle. I turned into a basketball player and I went up to each hurdle and I two hopped over each one. Okay, Um Needless to say, I lost the race, but in my mind, I won because I live to tell this story today. Therefore, I want you to know each of us has a race to run, and mine is going to be different than yours. But my hope and prayer is that each and every one of us fully understand the race that God has given us to run. Now, uh, if you have missed any of the previous message in this series, we're like Netflix, catch up. You want to go back, check those out. And uh, this week, I believe that God can help us truly understand the race we were meant to run. That we can truly understand the purpose that God has for us through providential circumstances. Providential circumstances. I believe with all of my heart that the circumstances that you and I have, That the circumstances that you and I face were designed on purpose to perhaps reveal our purpose. I love what Ephesians 2.10 says. It's one of my favorite verses. It says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Uh, Did you know that God's been setting you up long before you were born? Each and every one of us has in Ephesians 2.10. And you should spend your entire life searching for that good thing, that good work that God planned for you to do a long time ago. I love what Romans 8 verse 28 says. It says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to to his purpose i want us to unpack some of those all things because it's a scripture that perhaps a lot of us may know but i don't think we always pause and consider what all things 
really looks like. The first thing that I believe that God can reveal our purpose through is the pain in our life. I believe that God can reveal his purpose through the pain in our life. A breakup, a divorce, a health crisis, the loss of a loved one, bankruptcy, um, identity theft. I mean, did it happen to you? Are you okay? I just want to make sure. It's like, <laughs> it sounds like you're in pain. You're like, yeah, take it, man. Here's my identity. Uh, Sometimes it's just a, a change of plans. Sometimes the, the pain that I think a lot of us experience is when we wake up someday and we just, we have this feeling like we're not as far as we thought we would be by now. I thought I'd be over this. I thought I'd be further in my career. I, I thought my marriage would be better. I, I, I thought I would have a better relationship with my children. I, I, I thought I'd be a better leader by now. And there could just be this angst that comes, that comes with it. I, I think God can be in the middle of all of that some way, somehow. And it's hard to see it, especially when it hurts. Because the one thing I know about pain is that it's hard to see its purpose in the middle of it. It's easier to see it in hindsight. And I, I just I love what we see in Romans 1 verse 11. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Rome. And, and here's what he says. He says, I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. Key word there is, I long to see you. Verse 12 says, that is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to come to you. But have been prevented from doing so until now. In order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I have had among other Gentiles. So the Apostle Paul, he has some plans, many plans. But for some odd reason, he hasn't been able to see those plans come to fruition. But here's the Apostle Paul, he's trusting God, who says, hey, I I hope that it happens someday, but I... We can make our plans, but that doesn't mean that they're always going to, to happen. But I just love, this is, this is what we see in Romans chapter 1, but in Romans 15, at the end of the letter, we, we see the, the full story. Romans 15 verse 17 says, Therefore, I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God. By what, by what I have said and done, by the power of signs and wonders, through the power of the Spirit of God, so from Jerusalem all the way to Illyricum, great words, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known, so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation, rather as it is written. Those who are not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. This is why I have often been hindered from coming to you. The Apostle Paul couldn't always see exactly 
why he was being hindered. We didn't get to see it in chapter 1, but in chapter 15, he's going, I've got plans to come to you, but I'm hindered. But in verse, in chapter 15, it's like, well, now we can see. It's like, well, God had a, a purpose for Paul to be somewhere else until he could be where he actually wanted to be. I just want to encourage you this weekend. Whatever your pain may be, You've got pain on purpose. There is a purpose behind your pain. And I, I, I love Psalms 138, verse 7. It says, though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies. And your right hand will save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Uh, Why'd you get fired? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe you lost your job so that you could help others when they lose theirs. Why'd you get divorced? Am I saying God intended for you to get divorced? No. But I am saying your life isn't over. And if God taught you anything during that season, and if God is teaching you something in this season, then, then yes, I do believe that God can use something that was very, very painful to help somebody else in the midst of theirs. What I would encourage us this weekend to consider is not to waste any pain that any of us have ever experience because i love to encourage people to take notes in the dark and i always always say take notes in the dark because you can find yourself in a dark place and all i know is this is that there is a light at the end of the tunnel i believe there is hope at the end of the tunnel and 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 all i know is this is there somebody else in your life will find themselves in a dark place and it would be really helpful if they had your notes and so I encourage you, whatever, whatever it is that you're going through, that you would find a place with God in a dark place to be able to say, Lord, would you speak to me now? Because I got a feeling that someday somebody is going to need my notes. So if all hell is breaking loose in your life, number one, I'm sorry. Number two, invite God to the chaos. And take copious notes. Because your pain can have a purpose. And who knows if what you're going through isn't to help somebody else in the future. The second thing that I believe that God can reveal his purpose through is the problems in our life. I believe that God can reveal our purpose through the problems in our life. Problems are different than than pain. There, problems can be painful, but not all problems are hurtful. Uh, debt, it's like, it may not cause you pain. It might, you might lose some sleep at night, but you're not, you know, you're not in pain. It's, you know, you're, there's not this aching thing unless it's a lot of debt. But for the most part, you know, I got a couple buddies. They got like $300 on a credit card. They're like, man, it's really tough. I'm like, I know, but you, I mean, your life's not over. You know, it's not bankruptcy. Like, you, you'll, you'll live. There, there's, there's, it, it's a problem. Or maybe you need to hire somebody. It's like, it, it's not causing you pain, but you've, you've got a problem that needs to be Solve. And who knows if that problem 
isn't right in front of you so that you can solve it. Who knows what God has providentially put right in front of you. And sometimes there are things like short-term problems. Uh, Short-term problems are the things we freak out about that uh, eventually just fade away with time. Uh, When your kid starts kindergarten and you're worried about if they're going to make friends. And then something happens. First grade. And then you just move on to a new... A new problem. It's a short-term problem. And, and, and eventually they go to middle school and then all of a sudden they're out of your house and then you just got a, a bunch of new problems. But our, sometimes our problems just kind of move. Uh, maybe you're looking at a long-term problem, you know, systematic issues in the education system. Stuff you're not going to solve overnight. But perhaps it's in front of you because God's trying to get your attention. Is there a problem to solve In your life that the Lord might be saying, you know, I've actually put you on the planet to be the kind of person that can help people navigate through their problems. Any time that I am uh, struggling with anything or uh, dealing with any kind of adversity or dealing with problems, my my go to scripture is second Corinthians 11. If you've never read second Corinthians 11, if you're ever having a bad day. I encourage you to read 2 Corinthians 11. And I promise you, at the end of reading 2 Corinthians 11, you will forget what even happened in your day. Okay? Like 2 Corinthians 11, uh, verse 1. Uh, this is the, the uh, Apostle Paul uh, speaking uh, in verse 23. He says, I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. He's speaking to the church in Corinth, and they had some leaders there that were boasting about their, their Christian stats, so to speak. And he says, all right, you want to play this game? All right, well, then let, let, let's, we, we want to, all right, let's, well, let's play. And so he starts playing the game. So then he says, uh, five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. For those of you who don't, don't understand 39 lashes, it's what Jesus got. Um, they would say 40 lashes would kill you. So they would just do minus one just to leave you barely alive. Apostle Paul goes, yeah, had that happen five times. From the Jews. Who were like religious people. Talk about church hurt. You think you got church hurt? You ain't got church hurt. I promise you, you ain't got church hurt, okay? Then he says, uh, three times I was beaten with rocks. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. You think you got a flat tire. You're like, man, I'm having a terrible day. You are not having a terrible day. I promise you. Um, I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I don't know how good of a swimmer you are, but listen, this is, this is no joke. And then he says, uh, I've constantly been on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles. In danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. How's your weekend going? I mean, you just look at this, you're just going, like, 
Honestly, you would have had me at the at the forty lashes minus one, and we would have just been like, "All right, man, we're good." Like, like I get it. Like you're not having a great life. I get it. But here's what's interesting: Second Corinthians twelve or seven. We have chapter eleven, but you can't read chapter eleven without reading chapter twelve. Chapter twelve, chapter twelve, verse seven. He says, "Because of these surpassingly great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited." I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Uh, This makes absolutely no sense. And here's why it makes absolutely no sense to me. Whatever this thing was, and there's so many debates theologically about what the, the, the thorn in Paul's side really was. Okay, but, but it's amazing to me that whatever it was, this was the thing that Paul said. He pleaded with the Lord three times to remove it. But I'm looking at chapter 11 and going, hey man, but what about the, the three times beaten by, you didn't ask God for that? To, you, you didn't ask God about the 40 lashes. Uh, you didn't ask God about being in danger at sea. Why didn't you call on God when you was at sea uh, 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 swimming for night, uh, night and day for 24 hours? Like, like, there's a lot of other things you could have brought to God, but you decided whatever this thing was must have been very, very serious. But nevertheless, he said, we good. Because his power is made perfect. And weakness and then it. He says maybe one of the craziest statements in scripture. Because no, there's not one person you know that talks like this. Not one. He says this. He says that is why for Christ's sake. I delight. Do you know what the word delight means? Think ice cream. Okay. I delight. In weakness. Huh? I delight in insults. Are you serious? I delight in hardships. Can't wait for it. Monday morning, hardship. Can't wait. Like what? I delight in persecutions. I delight in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. What has the Apostle Paul figured out that we have not? You have heard the phrase, more money, more problems. The Apostle Paul would say, more problems, more power. I'm good. I delight. I look forward to it being as worse as it possibly can. Bring me the problems. Because if you bring me the problems, it just means I get to experience more of God's power. I wish I was a little bit more like the Apostle Paul. But here's the hope. Here's what this scripture encourages me with. It means that you and I have the ability to look at our pain and look at our problems and look at our circumstances and go, wait a minute. Lord, is this something that needs to make me retreat and step back? Or is this something that you're you're in this and you're actually giving me power? You're actually meeting me right where I am. And perhaps all of this is happening For a reason, for purpose, on purpose. Uh, The third thing that I believe 
that God can reveal his purpose through providentially is the people in our life. I believe God can reveal his purpose through the people in our life. Now, I don't know who you're sitting next to right now. You might, you might completely disagree with that statement altogether. Like, Ryan, no, anybody but them. But I just, I just don't think that you live in that neighborhood on accident. I just think you don't live in that complex on accident. I just don't think you just go to that school on accident. I don't think your friends are just your friends. You weren't just in biology class. You didn't just step into that yoga class on act. Like, I, I think it's all divine. And I think it would be wise for you and I to be the kinds of people that look around and take inventory of our community and go, why am I in it? Because... Uh, I know, I, and I got a lot of friends that, that just, they use this phrase all the time. I'm like, man, I need to start going to church more. I need to start going to church more. Oh, man, I just, I need to start going to church more. And, and, and believe you me, I, I believe that attendance, being here, is a win for some people. Given some of our testimonies, if any of your friends actually knew you were here right now or watching this right now, they'd be like, you're doing what? Like, that, that is amazing. However, you have not been through all the things you've been through just to attend church and check a box on a weekend. Like, I'm glad you're here, but there's certainly more to just be here. And, I don't know if you knew this, the person in the row with you, the person on your right, the person on your left, um, did you know that God has given them a unique gifting and a unique calling, and they've given one to you? But imagine what could happen if you got together in a small group. I say, wait, wait a second. God's got a purpose for your life. God's got a purpose for my life. And maybe part of my purpose is actually helping you with yours. And so it, what can happen for us, especially in the Bible Belt, is that we can just go to church, never meet a soul, check the box, and get back in our cars and say we did it. And that's okay, but I, I don't think that's going to help you grow. And I don't think it's going to help you reveal your purpose. If, if I'm you, when I'm done, I move slow. Because you just never know who's in the building in a divine kind of way. You go, oh man, I chose this service. Um, you know, And you think, oh, all this stuff happened this week. And so I couldn't make it to this service or that service. But then I came here and then it... I think it's all divine. I think each and every one of us. From our marriages to our church should be going, what are we doing here? Like, really here? Like, if you're married, you should be going, why did I really marry you? I know that's a pretty deep question, and, and that might be a little testy this weekend. I get it. But, regardless of the state of your marriage right now, you married them for a purpose. And maybe the purpose that you thought you were getting married for... Maybe God has something else up his sleeve that you couldn't see then, but now he may want to reveal it this weekend. And perhaps we don't see it until we can sit down and pause and go, Lord, why are they in my life? Oh, you didn't have those kids on accident. Some of you go, no, it was an accident. Trust me, Ryan, you don't know you weren't there. Trust me, we were not planning this. But guess who was? God was planning it. And they're in your life for 
a reason. That boss that you can't stand, you go, oh, God. maybe God's given you a thorn. Maybe controversial. You might be somebody else's thorn. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's all divine. And I just, I, I love, I absolutely love the writings and the epistles of the Apostle Paul. Because the Apostle Paul, these letters are sacred, they are holy. But it's interesting, they're also very human. Because I love when the Apostle Paul is like he does in 2 Corinthians 11. I have been beaten. I've been at sea. You're like, oh man, this, this, is, a, this is an Avenger. Like, this is a super Christian. This is amazing. It's even these like... These, these speeches, you're like, oh my gosh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You're like, oh my goodness, man, I wish I, I need I need some of that. You know, it's like I, I have found contentment in all circumstances. You're like, man, yeah, I, I need some of that. But then the Apostle Paul will take a break every now and then, and he'll just start talking to his homies, and I love it because I'm like, that's me. You know, I'm so ADD. I'll get distracted and just start talking to people. And and it's interesting. He'll he'll go from these like theological statements. To like putting people's business out there in the streets. You're like, man, Paul, you can't say that in the Bible. But he does. It's awesome. And so here's what he says in Colossians 4.14. He says, Luke, the beloved doctor, sends his greetings. And so does Demas. Demas. D-E-M-A-S. Demas. Demas. I don't know how you say his name. But nevertheless, you have this Demas character. We don't know much about Demas. But we do know. He's with Luke, the beloved doctor, the, the writer of the gospel of Luke, and he's with the apostle Paul. And he says, hey, we, we send greetings. They're on the same team. We like this guy. In Colossians. But then when he writes a letter to Timothy, 2 Timothy 4.10 says, this says, Damas has deserted me. Because he loves the things of this life. And has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia. And Titus has gone to Demacia. Hey, you remember that Demas character? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, 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 just a couple of books ago, he was with us. Greetings. From me, Luke, and Demas. By the time we get to Second Timothy, hey, uh, no more Demas. What does this tell us? It tells us that people come and people go. What does it tell us? It tells us that sometimes people can disappoint us. And sometimes we can disappoint people. I think it's all divine. Because all of us are going to run into somebody that loses a friend. Or because of life circumstances, you were really close when you both were single. Then one of you got married and then it just, you got five kids. They have one and a half dogs. It's, it's not the same. You're trying to, trying to figure things out. And, and, and there can just be some separation there. And, and, a, and, a, and that could be a hard transition for people to make relationally. But thank God that you've, you've experienced some ups and downs relationally but i want us to to look at how the apostle paul ends the book of romans 
don't know if you've ever finished the book of Romans. But Romans 16 is literally just Twitter shout outs from the Apostle Paul. X, the artist formerly known as Twitter. My bad. Okay, but you get it. Like he's just, again, he's just talking to his homies. And I'm just like, what is, what, 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 what's happening here? And so Romans 16, 1, he says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe. Not the ones from Friends. Okay, this is a different Phoebe. Okay. <laughs> I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church in Syncria. Verse 3 says, greet Priscilla and Aquila. My co-workers in Christ Jesus, they risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. And then, uh, because we don't have time to read every single greeting, he goes on to greet his friend Eponidas, Mary, Andronicus, and Junia. Ampliatus, Urbanus, Statues, Apelles, those belonging to the household of Aristobulus, Herodian, those belonging to the household of Narcissus, not a Narcissus, but you get it, uh, Tryphena and Tryphosa, Perses, Rufus and his mother. Is there a Rufus here? You know, it's like, like I just love it. Um, Cretus, Philogene, Hermes, Patrobas, Hermas, and the brothers and sisters with them. Philologus, Julia, Nereus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the Lord's people with them. Could have just said Kirk Franklin. GP, are you with me? All God's people said, you know. Um, it's like, it's so interesting to me. It, it, all of these people had some significant role in the Apostle Paul's life sometimes i i I will ask a little why'd you even leave romans 16 in scripture i'm not really sure that it has the sacred holy purpose that some of the other scriptures have what does romans 16 show us show us that we need people in our life some of the ones we like and some of the ones we may not like but nevertheless If Paul had a list of friends that had a purpose in his life, I have to wonder if you and I have a list as well that we need in ours. Uh, Perhaps the question that you and I should be asking this weekend is, is, Lord, why are they in my life? And why am I in theirs? And Lord, would you help me play my part in theirs? I can't think of a better friend than somebody that sits across the table from me, that, that takes you to lunch and says, hey, why do you think God put you on the planet? Is there anything I can do to help make sure you pull that off? Name a better friend. Or we could talk about football. Or we could talk about the weather. Or we could talk about politics. Imagine if you decided to be the person that says, why don't we talk about our purpose? One of my best friends, he feels called to write. But his career, he's a, he's a real estate lawyer. So I feel like it's my job as his best friend. It's about once a month I go, hey man, uh, not how's work. Hey man. Hey man, what, what's God been putting in your heart that you need to put on pen and pad? Because I believe God's got a purpose that he's put on the inside of him. And as his friend, I want to help 
make sure that it comes to fruition. And I could give you countless stories of the many things that he's done for me to help me see God's purpose in my own life. In summary, I believe that God can reveal his purpose through the pain in our life, the problems in our life, and the people in our life. On February 8th, we're launching care groups. And I would love for you to scan the QR code this weekend to, to be able to check out what some of those care groups might be. The difference between a care group and a, and a regular small group is a regular small group, you can just get together and, you know, you can eat Doritos and just talk about God's word. And, 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 that, and that's fine. And th- those are regular small groups. And, and there's something very divine that happens with that. But a care group is a specialized small group. And oftentimes it's specialized based off of the different, well, let's be honest, pain. That we've had in our life. It could be a divorce care group. It could be a, a, some financial trouble. It could be a group for that. I mean, these are all specialized groups because sometimes life is messy and you need somebody to come alongside you to say, hey, I, I've been where you've been. I've been in that circumstance and this is how God brought me out of it. So if you find yourself and some significant pain this weekend. I'd invite you to check out a care group. Because I believe that God has de- designed a divine circle for the exact thing that you've been through. And who knows if you don't find yourself in somebody's living room. And all of a sudden you hear a story that matches yours. And then in that moment you go, actually everything that you went through was to help me get through what I'm going through. A couple of years ago, um, a friend of mine passed away, and uh, it was very difficult for me. It was more difficult for his spouse. Um, her name is Sid, very good friend of my wife and I's. And in our friendship circle, it was a uh, very... Very trying time. And it's not been easy. Uh, it's, it's been a few years now and it's still just as painful as it was when he passed away. And, and then, unfortunately, uh, this week, another mutual friend of ours, single mother, um, unfortunately lost her son to cancer. 16 years old. He passed away at 4.12 a.m. on Monday. And ironically, uh, my wife and I and Sid, uh, we showed up at the hospital at the exact same time to show up for our friend. There's about 20 people there. And uh, we began saying hello. Um, Ironically, every single person I gave a hug to did not let go. That's how much pain was there. And we couldn't see her. We didn't know where she was. And someone came to us and they said, hey, man, I, I said, hey, how, how is she? Where is she? And, and they said, uh, she hasn't let go. She's still with her son's body. And I said, oh, I, I get it. Let her take her time. And then the nurse walks out of that room and she says, oh, we're looking for Orion. And a Sid. And I was like, uh, 
for what exactly? Like, I, I, I was so taken aback. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what what I, I don't have words right now. I am not super like I and my wife and Sid and I walked into someone's literal darkest moment I have ever seen in my life. And I watched a master class on the ministry of presence from my friend Siddhartha. And while our friend is holding her boy, Sid comes behind her and holds her. And my friend said, I don't know if I'll ever be able to go to church again. And Sid held her and said, I know exactly what you mean. And I'll walk in with you. The boy and her husband were very close. And then Sid says to her and says, hey, I just want you to know. You know who greeted him this morning, right? My husband loves giving tours. Your son is on tour right now. And I just thought, this is exactly why you've been through what you've been through. And there's no way she could have seen that three years ago. But three years later, she was in the right place at the right time. And I believe. It was all divine. I believe that it was all providential. I don't know what you've been through in your life. I don't know what you're going through in your life. I just believe with all of my heart that God can use it all. And that he can work all things for the good of each and every person listening and watching this message. I believe with all of my heart that your pain has a purpose. God, I thank you so much for this amazing church. I pray, God, that everything we go through, every pain, every problem, every person, Lord, would you reveal your purpose to us this weekend? May we not get so caught up in it that we can't see that you're up to something. And God, this weekend, we trust you. We trust that you got something up your sleeve. We trust that you, you've got a plan that we can't see. We trust you. We trust that you love us with all of your heart. And may we put our life, may we put our plans in your hands. And trust that you are going to work all things for the good of those who love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say it. Amen.